Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Well, guys, welcome again to another Monday night here on the Man Up God's Way podcast. My name is Jody Burkeen. I'm the founder of Man Up God's Way and your host tonight. And I'm really excited to be here again on a Monday night, man. It's so uh, awesome. Just tried to to get through the weekend to get here on a Monday night just to chat with you guys. And uh, we want to thank you so much for watching our podcast. It's growing every single week and uh, it's all because of you. And if you take an opportunity to share this podcast with your friends on social media, we would much appreciate that and uh, give us the opportunity to reach more and more people. Also, you can download this podcast and 46 other ones from this year, uh, the season one of our podcast at um, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Podomatic, uh, as well as Google Play and a lot other uh, podcast platforms. So please subscribe to those. We'd love to uh, have you as a subscriber. Uh, starting in 2023, we will start adding another podcast throughout the week that will uh, deal with uh, social issues, um, uh, all kinds of uh, um, worldly issues, and we're going to come through it through a, uh, with it a, through a biblical lens and see what that means. We're going to talk about everything that you could imagine that is on social media, so be looking for that starting in 2023. And uh, for Goza, I still got you as my producer stuck my brother from another mother so glad you're here brother man how you doing today good good yeah awesome man as well oh yeah all is well isn't it well how was your weekend weekend was good man i got to spend uh i headed to nashville and uh i had a buddy from uh back home grew up with grade school basically like family uh he turned 40 we're getting old and uh him and his wife and a couple other couples went down there for some dinner and he's a rancher. So Nashville's, if he's going to go to a city, it's going to be right. country city. So got to see him and yeah, it was good. My combat boots are older than you. <laughs> You're not old. I got my military boots are older than you. Well, good. I'm glad you here this weekend. Glad you had a great time. It's cool to uh, hook up with old guys. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to a buddy of mine today from high school and uh, I graduated in 87. So it was a long time ago. And um, he uh, he has just recovered, uh, um, come out of an alcohol addiction. And mm-hmm. uh, for the last uh, 18 months, man, we've just been staying in touch, trying to get him through that. And I thought, man, I'm just going to have him on the podcast. So yes. he's, he's coming on the podcast here soon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay. Uh, I can't wait to uh, have some time with him. So, Well, that's the that's the best part about holidays. We were talking about Christmas, you know, when we started, like, you right. know the good, the pros and the cons that come with Christmas and all the above. Uh, I think the best part of it is we, no matter where you stand on how you celebrate it, most people take time to celebrate it with their families or at least spend time with family and me being so far away from, you know, my home state and being here in the Midwest, man, I'm really looking forward to spending some time. I leave on the 18th of uh, this month and i don't come back to missouri for three weeks i'll be oh good for i'll you. be down there so i'm i'm pumped about it and it was good this was like a little precursor i got to see someone from back home and so it just like fired That's me awesome. up i was like ah we're getting ready to leave this is gonna be good that'll be good well good man that'll be awesome so why don't you tell us a little bit about what we've got uh going on behind the scenes 
so as always, uh, we're talking uh, manupmerch.com. I'll share that in the chat. Uh, we have the two books that really we're focused on. Um, your first one, Man mm -hmm. Up, uh, Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World. And then the second one, Pursuit of a Godly Life, Living Like Jesus Matters. Those two are our main focus. We obviously have, let me reach over here, coffee mugs, shirts, hats, um, jackets, all that good stuff on manupmerch.com. I'll hop on here, uh, copy and paste that in the chat. And uh, that's how you guys support the show. We that's, appreciate the help. That's awesome. You know what we need behind you? Because you sound like a used car dealer. You know those things that got the fans, the flappy things that are, you know, going back. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no credit. High credit. Low credit. We'll get you approved. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, everything that you do on manupmerch.com supports our podcast and uh, uh, helps us um, make it a better experience for you. And we just want to thank you for partnering with us. Uh, so tonight I'm really excited. Um, I've got a, a got a guest here who has a book that has won more awards than Tom Brady has Super Bowl <laughs> rings. And so we're excited about to uh, talk to Rick Pribel today. Rick, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Jody. Thank you for having me this evening. Man, it's great to have you. I'm glad you uh, reached out and uh, got on the podcast and uh, really excited to talk to you uh, tonight about your book and uh I was reading about your story a little bit, and uh, why don't you start off by telling us um, uh, a little bit about yourself, and uh, you can start back as far as you want, but I, I really want to talk about how, um, where you came from in your your previous religious life, and where your wife came from, and how you got, and just kind of where you are today now, so uh, tell us a little bit about it. Sure, well, raised in a Jewish household in uh, born and raised in Orlando, Florida. Not so much a religious household, more of a yeah. cultural thing to be Jewish as it was, you know, it's us versus them. It wasn't no so much of a real faith and belief and a love for God, although I do love God and I've yeah. grown in, in faith. And um, I'm, I, I, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So, Praise I God. see myself as being a completed Jew. Praise God. And that journey um, is unique, like anyone's journey is unique. And it it, come, it starts with, well, we're, we know we're born into sin. That is to say, we're, we're not even aware of the presence of God. We're, we're, we're separated from him. Amen. And Jesus said there's a way that seems right to man, but it's a way to destruction. And I think it's the way that we all tend to go without guidance. You know, we think it's about ourselves. We think that the world that we see, that's really nothing more than temporary that we live in here now is, um, is something that is um, short-sighted, that, that we're living for earthly things. And until you're broken, until you realize, wow, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's something's not right. As I felt, I was uncomfortable. I felt, I finally determined that the uncomfortableness, that my searching, the things I was striving for to feel better, um, it, it wasn't working. And I finally determined that the uncomfortableness was nothing more than a separation from God. Mm. And determined that really there's just only one way to break that separation. And that is through what Jesus did for us on the cross. 
Now, now, was that at an early age while you were still living at home or was that after you left the house? Like when yeah. was that revelation for you? That revelation occurred in my early 30s. Okay. Um, it, it's like the, the story of Samson, you know, where he died, he was strong. He was, you know, because of his long hair. And then when his hair was cut, he, he became weak and was lost and until he really started to live for God, did he become strong again? Right. And I think that story relates to all of us. We all sort of put our self-worth, our identity into certain things. In, in Samuel's case, it was his hair, but that's just an, an example. But for some, a lot of us, it, it may be our athletic abilities. For others, it could be, you know, their good looks, a beauty queen, for example. For others, it's their, you know, intelligence. We all, we all seem to if get by with a certain specialty but what happens when that no longer works for us let's say for example uh, an athlete an athlete sustains an injury that doesn't allow him to participate in sports anymore or the girl that got her accolades from being a beauty queen and suffers a major accident and and distorts her face like for example well in my case having been raised Jewish, it was important in our household to sort of be successful, successful meant making money. And so I had started a business when I was in my early 20s, exporting packaging equipment and materials throughout the Caribbean and South America. So I traveled often. In fact, I met my wife in Trinidad. She's an island girl, brought her back home. And um, wow, we've been married 26 years. Um, And Anyway, so I had lost um, a lot of money. I'd left the packaging business when I was 32 and wanted to go into being a developer. I had a real passion for real estate, still do. But my first project didn't go as planned. Um, I entered into a a project and and it it just didn't work out. I lost all my money, was able to keep the property, but my feeling of self-worth was in the toilet. And that's when I started to have to find a new way to survive and to live. And that's when I found God. And I think that's the way draw, God actually draws us in. Right. If we're fortunate, we, we, we realize at some point through some suffering that, you know, life's temporary. It's not about ourselves. It's really not in our control. And, and I feel fortunate that I found God through that. And so for your listeners out there who may be struggling with wondering what is it all about or why are they going through a bad situation right now um hopefully through this conversation this evening i can hopefully give some insight as to how they might be able to channel those feelings and thoughts and insight into a better relationship with god right that's good that's good so let let me go back to your childhood because I, I really want to dive into, you know, your Jewish roots, first of all, and um, uh, kind of, you know, come into that, you know, when you hit your 30s. So obviously, you said earlier, you drew up you, Jewish, mostly because of culture, uh, not necessarily the religion itself. But even, even the Jewish culture is still very set in, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, it feels like they're still set into their moral and biblical uh beliefs and um and that's that's very familial familiar how do you say that uh familiar thank you very familiar to them and uh it's something that 
they've kind of uh, taken pride into. And how did how did you come out of that um, to to you know to see Jesus? Because even when we look in the in the New Testament, you know, the Messiah that they had been looking for for thousands of years finally shows up, and they don't even they don't even see him. And um, you know, how, and that's that's rooted in the culture um religious or not it seems like that's still rooted in the culture and they're still waiting on the messiah um what what do you think you know especially uh, uh i think I, I read in your bio that your family is are they still jewish as culture or have they converted to christianity um so th that was a big big step like they think i'm crazy um they don't understand i think they think the world is brainwashed by believing in Jesus. They just don't see the connection. Okay. Um, so it's a difficult challenge to try and share my, my, my understanding with them. However, I'm, there are certain things that's undeniable. They've seen me become more joyful. Amen. They've seen me actually become successful in my endeavors in ways I believe God blesses us when we are in relationship with him mm -hmm. and um but it's almost a brainwashing that occurs you know when you're you know through after the holocaust and you go to hebrew school at a young age and you're you, it's always like an, like i said earlier it's an us versus them feeling right and that you're always told you know well jesus don't look to him for help and those are the goy and the outsiders um but the answer lies within us and I think that it's a big statement to say that we all need to make our own decisions. Mm -hmm. And I say this, I mean, just in the world we live in, in this partisanship world we live in today, you know, we, we tend to listen to other people, maybe a little too often for our own right. good. Mm, that's good. I, I think, I think God, you talked about the still voice in a sermon that you had taught had preached in early October. I watched on your website and you listen to the still voice inside you because I believe that, there's a real opportunity to find God speaking to us if we mm. are having ears to hear, let's say, and eyes to see. And um, those answers are within us. And so I think it's great to speak with other people because everyone's got a book in them, let's say. Right. But it's the insight that someone could share to give you a, a thought that you can then decide if that works for you or not. And right. And that's why it's so nice to be able to share and have this, you know, and have a nice podcast like what you offer with, you know, an hour and a half to be able to um, to share insight from all the different people you bring on. It's, it's Amen. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm I'm really fascinated by the Jewish culture. Uh, and I have been for for years. I this sounds like a joke, but I really, you know, in my community, really, what I really want to do is I want to I want to get a a, a catholic a jew a muslim uh methodist a baptist like and bring them all together and just have a conversation you know and it you know not walk into a bar that that's the joke but uh just really just bring them into the context of uh, of communication and just talk these things out you know not not debate but just you know because you know i i when i look at the old testament when i look at the new testament i see nothing but jesus but how does a Jew miss Jesus and how does a Muslim take from Ishmael and go in that direction? And, you know, how does a Catholic follow the Pope? And like, there's just so many questions that I have and, you know, outside of Googling it, which 
you know, I do quite a bit of research most of the time, but it's just nice to t speak to someone who is from that culture. You know, the in America, we don't have we don't have a culture, so to speak. It's kind of a hodgepodge of everything. You know, like one of the things I uh, I really um, respect about the Jewish culture is the bar mitzvah, because that's that's one of those coming of age kind of um, uh, events. And um, the Christians don't have that. You know, we don't have a coming of age. You know, we've got, you know, 20 year old young boys that don't know that they're men. And that bar mitzvah really seems like it's that moment there that a father says um, to this to their son, you're no longer under my rule, you're under God's rule. And uh, you're a man now. And so I'm just fascinated by cultures in general, and uh, especially the Jewish culture, because I feel such a kinship, uh, because we have so much in common. But like what you said earlier, it's that that divide or that that bridge that is missing. And you seem to have found that bridge. Or let me rephrase that. It found you <laughs> and, uh, and you received it. And um, and that that to me is just a, a great story uh, of what God is doing uh, in the world today. And so I, I'm just interested in that. So, well, I mean, the. the it, God's word is the Old Testament is true, just like the New Testament. And right. of course, for Jewish people living by the law, there's certain things that you go through and steps in the bar mitzvah being a, uh, a milestone. Uh, I remember just thinking, geez, now it's great. I don't need to go to Hebrew school to be studying <laughs> this, this event. <laughs> um, but, you know, we are living under grace. And for my Jewish friends and colleagues who are suffering with finding joy that seems elusive um it's really quite more it's much more simple than than um than than what they think it is it's really like you said earlier in one you know it's uh, we it's accepting jesus and right. knowing that we are imperfect and knowing that our sins are forgiven allows us an opportunity to have a relationship with god once again is um it, it's foretold in the in the old testament in my mind and right. um, it should be more well received in my mind than it is amongst you know the jews but of course you know the, the jews for jesus were very accepting of of jesus at the time so it's, it's not all jews but you, you touched on something earlier that i thought was interesting that you, you know you have a desire to bring in various religious um, thoughts into a sit-down situation where we can converse and come to some, some, some maybe growth in our each of our understandings. And I believe that there's a commonality to start that with. Right. If you don't mind, I, I'd like to share it. Maybe go into that now. It's Please. Kind of the the Please. basis of the book. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned to you at a young a younger age, I had started a packaging business and I was traveling abroad, and. One thing that I had noticed, I was traveling alone. I'm a rather reclusive type person and I ponder a lot. And I noticed that, you know, there is a commonality that we all have as people globally. And that is that we all share the same variety of feelings and emotions. Would right. you agree with that? Doesn't, I would agree with that. Yes. Doesn't matter what country you're from. Doesn't matter what language you speak, color, age, gender, or even what religion you practice. So I asked myself, you know, well, gosh, you know, is that just a coincidence or is that by God's design? 
Mm, and as cool. I looked into it further, I started to, I determined that by reflecting on our emotional responses to different life experiences, I've noticed that they're the same amongst people and that perhaps by seeing through those emotions, perhaps that's the lens through which we can get to know God and develop an intimate relationship with him. Mm. I, I'll demonstrate, if you will, let me, I'll share a couple examples of what I'm talking about. Please do. That. Okay. So for example, first, we all, we know God is against people violating the 10 commandments, right? right? Yes. So now, Jody, if you would reflect on a time, okay, when you were a victim of someone who violated one of the commandments and, and let's evaluate how, how, how your feelings have reacted to those things. Now it could be like, for example, if, if a wife, if you could imagine her committing adultery or cheating on you, what mm -hmm. that would feel like, or someone killing a loved one of yours, you know, thou shalt not kill. Let's say for this example, though, someone you knew and trusted stole from you or cheated you. Okay. How did that make you feel? It's almost like you go through the emotions of death. You know, you go through the seven, seven kind of emotions. It starts off with anger, you know, and then, you know, fear and sadness. Yeah, exactly. You just kind and of run down the, the gauntlet of emotions. Betrayal being right. perhaps a bullseye. Right. Exactly. Yes. And you agree Lack all of, of us. Trust. Yes. You agree all of us gets that feeling when that happens to us. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yes. The evidence we're all made in the image of God. In other words, why is it? Do we get that feeling when mm. that happens to us? And I believe that that's the feeling God wants us to have. In the same way we make computers, okay? We build hardware, mm -hmm. but then we program it with software. So I believe God created us in body mm and programmed us in spirit in his image see by reflecting on those feelings the simplest way that we're able to imagine god that he rejects that behavior mm. that's good so far so good that's good yeah really good yes it, well, there's this uh i'm sorry to interrupt the man yeah, i want to add to that um there's this when there's an a feeling of injustice or there's a feeling of mm, that's wrong or i was violated or any of that and we all experience that mm -hmm. i agree full-heartedly that's god's law written on our hearts that's that 10 commandment law um that's written in there and when uh when paul is talking about this and they're asking you know what about those who have never heard the gospel um he says no the they know the gospel. Our creator has already written that inside of us. Um, they see it when they see nature. Because I see that as what it means to be made in the image of God. Yeah. Right. First oh, thing in general, you know, we're made in God's image. And I think that's what it means. And um, let me give you one more example, though. And then I'll, if that's okay. Totally. So, Keep going. Some, something conversely now. Let's say something that might make you feel good. Okay, okay, let's see how God would welcome it. Okay. Let's let's say you have an upcoming meeting, uh, Jody, about your podcast. Okay. Got it. And I know it, it's a, I've I've seen how you guys have developed this is 10 years or more, right? It's 2012 or something. I'm not sure of, of the details yeah, with you. But 2012, exactly. Yes. And and I mean it's a wonderful 
feeling to start something from an idea and see it come to fruition, you know, and that creating something, which in itself that euphoric feeling tells me that that's how we can know how God likes to create things too. Right. But for the example I was getting to on something that might make you feel good, let's say you're, you're, you have a meeting uh, one morning with, with Fagoza and a couple of uh, future guests and, and, and people surrounding your business and um, but you, you yourself have a doctor's appointment, so you're running a little late. OK, so um, and they understand that it's not a big deal. Right. Now, you enter into the building when you do arrive and you run up to where you're meeting in the room and it's around the corner. These people are there speaking. They're unaware that you just arrived, Jody. OK, but you overhear them talking. You notice right before you enter the room that they're talking about you. Yeah, it's me. I'm I'm definitely that, that, talking. he's late there. I was going to say, I was that, gonna, he, that sounds, no sounds excuse. Right. I, I do care where he is. I'm but, on a schedule. My time is valuable. Uh, Jody. So, so you listen in because you're curious to know what they're going to say, because you want to know how they really feel about you. Right. right. You feel like you're going to, so you, you stop and listen in, and, you know, and, and, um, and this is what you hear him saying. Man, I can't wait till Jody gets here, guys. Hey, man, have you? I mean, are you guys in agreement here? I've been with this program a long time, but I just can't get enough of it, man. I've been doing this a long time. And Jody, what a great guy, you know, at Ignite Church. He's really making a difference there. His demeanor is so pleasant, easy, and such sincerity exudes from him. Man, I know. And he's, he's such an easy, you know, and he's just the type of guy that always does what he says he's going to do. Man, I wish we could clone him, you know. By the <laughs> By the way, I hope he's got time for lunch today. Hey, anyone know what Jody's doing for lunch today? That's great. How You're does, already making me feel good. Well, that's fun. How does that feel to be valued and praised? Feels great. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and I believe that's what God wants us to feel under those situations, because that's how we're able to understand how he appreciates hmm. when we value and praise him. That is so good. Because mm. we're made in his image. That's good. Dude, that'll preach right there. That's great. Yeah. I, that's why I'm here, Jody. <laughs> I, I, it's not, I'm not, listen, man. If if you knew me and, and me writing a book, I mean, that's the evidence right there. We got a great God, you know. You and me both. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's, but this, this message, it, it is, I, I feel you received it. And, and we hey, just man. touched on it. Let me, let me just say, I've given more thought to the message than you have, because I've been on it for quite some time. Right, exactly. But, and, and this is a big statement, man, but it's infinite mm. how we can get to know God when we see through this lens. Mm. That's good. And then I'm going to support it further by suggesting you know how did abraham figure it out right there was no organized church in his day there was no written bible right blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god mm. and i believe abraham was able to identify this lens we're talking about now and to see through that and it's it's i believe that's it's 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 the open door and the answer that's is good. within us Right. You know, I believe in the Bible. I believe what it says. I believe it was written, you know, by man. Yes, but inspired by God. But I use it to confirm what I have been experiencing on the inside to mm. to make some powerful what I think are revelations that I want other people to ex consider exploring for themselves. That's really good. That is really good. I like that that thought. You know that even if we don't have anything culturally or religiously in common, we do have what is inside of us in common. You know, the, the emotional, spiritual, 
and I, I don't mean religious spiritual, but just the, the spiritual, the soul, so to speak. And um, we have that in common with everyone. That's the a real commonality. It, it transcends yeah. religious differences. Yeah, right? the evidence of oneness, the mm -hmm. evidence that we are connected in a, a very, very real way because those are communal. The Jew, the Christian, the Muslim, the, the you know, just the right people living in the Amazon who have even seen civilization, these, these things lie within all of us, you know, so I would, I would love one day to have this sit down with a variety group to come up with, pose these examples that we all experience, and then think about this through the lens that we're talking about. And perhaps right. we can all gain a better relationship with God, regardless of the differences, you know, right. Mm, that's good. This that's is really also good. a great argument um, slash conversation for the non-believer, because if you're, yes. talking, if you're talking to someone who's non-religious affiliated, maybe they're agnostic, maybe they're atheist, you explain to them, hey, you know, if, if we're atheists, right, and we're saying there is no God, then explain the feeling that you're having that's communal, that's saying justice was done, like not done to me. There was something stolen from me, and that is wrong. Well, you know, if there is no God and we're all just, you know, sacks of meat floating through space, then there was no injustice. Then that feeling that you're feeling is very peculiar. It's no longer a communal thing. Now it's a strange feeling. But to have that, to have the ability to have one singular, this is written on your heart and we can't explain it everywhere. You talk to children, you talk to old events all, all over the, the world. They're having these communal experiences. Well, not only is it written in our heart, it's, I mean, it's written in the Bible and through this lens that we're talking about, it's, it's written both in our heart and the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so when you can identify that, as we did in those two examples, isn't that evidence for those that need, you know, evidentiary kind of Right. Who lack yeah, maybe in faith, but want to see it more on paper, you know, and by the way, all these um, examples, I have 21 in, in the book, each one is supported by scripture, and which is right. easy to do, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt, or, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right. you know, I mean, it's, it's right there. So how do you keep, so when you and Frigoza were talking, I had, you know, my pastor hat just went on. Um, how do you keep that from sounding like universe, universalism? Like, like in, in, you know, the, the hippie style Jesus, you know, everybody loves everybody and it's a kind of a utopia society, so to speak. Uh, there's still the, uh, the issue of the only way to, to God the Father is through the Son Jesus Christ. Is this kind of your, is this your um, open door, so to speak, to someone's heart to get them just to see uh, that there is a Creator, that there is a God, that let's let's start there and then work our way in. Is that is that how you look at it? Well, I I believe there's a stumbling block to feel, um, to feel allowed, to feel invited. Okay. to feel accepted by God? Why is that? Because guilt, shame, and regret oh, that's good. Yeah. come about from previous decisions we made, you know, mm -hmm. some, some being um, mistakes, some being regretful, right. you know? So how do you channel that away, you know? And, and how do you still feel like, you know, I'm okay, you know, right. for having made that mistake? Man, this is the gift. You don't need to worry about it. 
because your sins are paid for. You know, it's, it's, you're forgiven. You have that clean slate, you know, when you, when you, when you put your faith in Jesus, the rock, that's right. the one thing that's indestructible. Okay. That's good. That answered like, your question. No, it does, you know, but, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, people, uh, like Fregosa said, there's, there's a lot of spiritualism in the world, you know, and it's just, it's not, it's not centered on Jesus. And, yeah. It's not biblical spiritual spirituality. It's, it's this, I feel the earth. I feel the tree. I feel the, you know, your, your aura. I feel your light. I feel all this stuff instead of, you know, and that does bring people together in a really weird, awkward, cultish way. Yes. But, but in, in, and and I know you're not saying that. I'm saying I, I wanted our audience to think to to know that you know it is only through Jesus Christ that you are going to meet the Father uh, in heaven, uh, and it is it, it it's the only path. And that's that's what I didn't want people to think that we were like you know saying oh everybody gets to you know gets that same path. But I I love I love the idea that you have behind that because. I think the I, I do think the the barrier, if you will, um, of a lost person um, to a Christian is or, or to, to 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 Christ uh, is that understanding of who God is. Because if if they're seeing God, if they look at God, if they understand who God is, all of a sudden there's there's the open door, so to speak. I think that's where God's tapping on their heart, and the Holy Spirit's convicting them. Uh, gives them the ability to see, uh, to see God. Like you said, with Abraham, he actually saw, you know, he, he was righteous enough to be able to see God uh, and to hear him. And then that, that avenue was opened up for him. And so that's, that's the reason I asked the question, because, you know, sometimes I think when we're, when we're trying to share the gospel, I think a lot of times, you know, where I always try to teach us tell people to share your testimony. You know, the one thing that people can't argue with is your testimony. They can't, they're not going to call you a liar for saying, man, in 2003, May 22nd, I gave my life to the Lord. I know that was the day that I gave my life. I tell that story all the time. Nobody's going to call me a liar. You know, I'm a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like nobody, yeah. but if I say, well, God created the heavens and the earth the six days and rested on the seventh day. Well, then they can go, oh, I don't believe that. Well, it was a billion years each day. And then now you've got a debate going on instead of just sharing your testimony, which I always say you need a two minute, a 10 minute and a 45 minute version of your testimony, because you never know how long you're going to be able to share it. And so the longer you get to share your testimony, the more that you have that door on their heart open uh, for, for God to be able to move in and through the power of the Holy spirit. And so, I just I, I just want to kind of redirect that a little bit because I like your ideology here by by offering up um, a commonality that we have with humankind. It, and, and, it, and God does something else that's interesting. He gives us all memory. Mm. Gosh, what is it that we remember? We take to those things where we've been wronged. Right. And those things were inadvertently pronounced. We've wronged other people. That's good. And and it, we get to relive this stuff, man. Fortunately or unfortunately, right? right. But until you learn to channel it, you know. You know, I happen to speculate that we're going to take our spirit with us, those memories, and then like God will share this lens that will allow us to coexist with those of us in heaven. 
-hmm. because we'll all be able to relate to all these things. Doesn't matter what status we had in life or anything else. There's a, there's a um, perspective switch that I always try to explain to people. Um, I have nephews and they'll fall down or they'll trip or they'll hurt their knee or, and their world is falling apart and they're breaking mm-hmm. and they're crying. And as an adult, you just kind of look at them and laugh and you go, yeah. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, this is nothing like you, you're fine. This is actually funny. Um, yeah. When, when we move on to, from here, uh, into uh, the presence of God. I think that perspective from adult to spiritual being changes and we will look at the the times we were wronged, the times that we were violated, offended, and all those things, those, those hurts, they'll be like the scraped knees and we'll still That's remember right. them, but the perspective and the lens, like you said, will, will change so drastically that we'll be able to coexist and and just laugh about them with people who wronged us, who we, I mean, there's people in my life who I still, man, it's, I'm just struggle to forgive. And I pray to forgive. <laughs> and, and we all do as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that you, that you brought that up because not a lot of people talk about what that looks like and how, how do you continue um, being a, a good quote unquote Christian and um and in walking through these trials that we have that all of us have here um as we try to figure out life together i mean paul said that suffering is good mm-hmm. and i i can relate to what he was preaching on those matters now right i'm experienced a lot of near-death experiences myself a couple of them and having a lot of close relationships with people who have now passed away you know, I'm really aware that it's all temporary with what we're able to understand in the here now on this earthly. I, I believe in eternity, but knowing that it's temporary now for me, I'm I, I now I for me, I live the way I want to go out, you know, and I mean, right. I know you do, too. That's why you're doing yeah. this podcast. And that's why you're getting out there, because, you know, I mean, not, not, I mean, if the treasures are in heaven that we're supposed to be striving for, you know, that's I mean, that's. That's where we need to be. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. Right. Somebody uh, commented on our chats that, uh, you know, there's a difference between circumstantial happiness and joy. Yes, there is. And, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, in in relating to those who do not have the joy of the Lord, but do have circumstantial happiness, we can give them a glimpse of and they can understand what kind of joy we have. Cause there's a difference. There, there's a difference when you give your life to the Lord and your, 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 your happiness is based on your happenings. So you don't necessarily, you, you, you're, you're up and down, but even in your downtimes with the joy of the Lord, you're still joyful. There's still something about you that, um, people still notice even in your worst of times. And Whereas, they attract to it. Yeah, they, they want do it. some of it. You're exactly right. Yes, yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that's something that would be the difference between, you know, the, the, the experiences that you and I have with each other that are with others that are lost. Um, that would be the the uh, the pinnacle, so to speak. That would be the one thing that we could offer them that they don't currently have. Yes, they have happiness. Yes, they have sadness. Yes, they have pain. They have sorrow. They have fear. They have anger. But you know, when you have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness and self-control, those are almost the opposites of, of the, you know, the, the sufferings that we go through in the flesh, so to speak. And so we can, you know, when we're anger, 
um, we have self-control, unlike that of the lost person. And so I think those are the kind of things that we can re- you know, we can offer them as we're talking to them. I, I really like this this mindset of of opening up somebody's heart and their 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 mind to just a conversation of God, just yeah. based on just a, just based on the things that we have in common, you know, sp- spiritually speaking. I, I think it'd be good for people from the you know in recovery who are really you know lost, needing to find right, you know, way to what to hold on to to climb out. I think it's right there. It's it's real. It's tangible in a sense. And, and I still go back to my, you know, the testimony, you know, I deal with a lot of addicts um, in my ministry. I don't, I don't know why, but God just keeps sending me, you know, people who are alcoholics and drug addicts and, you know, they're, and I, they're closer to get to getting on the path than the people who don't even know. Don't, right. That right. They're lost. Right. Exactly. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just know you're, you're exactly right. And they're more radical. Um, they love Jesus more than those mm-hmm. who, you know, it's almost like um, uh, the personality that is hell bent on destroying themselves is also hell bent on making sure everybody knows the gospel once they get saved. Like <laughs> that's it's bad. like they go from one extreme to the other. And I think that's the addict personality. But the way that I can share my testimony because I have been an addict and because I have uh, hated and I have lusted and i have been you know i have fought and i've done all of these things that these addicts it it relates to them much like what you're talking about in our emotional experiences as well and so again i i try to tell christians to to start you know your conversation with the testimony that's the easiest way to open up the door a lot of times because now that they're able to see the real you because i think um in your in your concept here um you're you're giving them you're giving them something that you both are you know i'm, I'm giving them where they can find yeah. the answer within themselves right exactly that, that's where it is it, right. that's what's it's like was lost now and i hope maybe this is, it's found you know like it was right in front of us in a way mm, that's it, good in, in my mind i'm passionate about it. i don't mean to be able to oh dude, heck no i love it i i think that i think it's i've never looked at it that way you know i've always tried to in sharing you know i, I it's not that I don't care what, where people are emotionally at the time. It has nothing to do with that. It, it, I feel like I, you know, I need to share my testimony, um, you know, if as best as I can, so they know who I used to be. And so like I was saying earlier, I like to hear your Saul side of your testimony. Okay. You know, what was Saul was a religious leader. He was zealous about the, the law and he was, murdering and putting christians into jail and he thought he was doing god's work and then the road to damascus jesus he met jesus and uh, changed his life forever and then you see the paul side and um and a lot of suffering in the suffering and the you know the uh the ups and downs that he had but he still had a joyful spirit about him um because i met 70 percent of his writings were in prison uh you know the guy had a joyful spirit i mean who can write that kind of stuff in prison and it's 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 that moment that I always try to share with a lost person my story so they can see who I used to be, how I was changed through Jesus Christ, and then that sanctification process over the last 20 years. What does that look like? You know, it's ups and downs, it's ins and outs, and it's, you know, fights and struggles and flesh and spirit and, you know, all of that. And so I really like this, this uh, viewpoint that you have to be able to come in on the emotional side, just to, you have commonality there. 
because not everybody has my same um exactly. testimony yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah same uh -huh. testimony absolutely um so yeah i believe that this could be a way to we we had a disconnect when adam you know, with the, right. from the garden. And I, I'm believing this might be a way to reconnect with God, but mm. having mentioned Adam in the garden, would you mind if I give you another example of how we can understand and relate to that story? Please do. So um, I know you have children, Jody, and, and, and many of us do. Fergoza, do you have kids too? I do not. Okay, no, that's still, okay. But you, we're still raising for Goza. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's imagine that you have uh, you, you know, a child at home, and and let's say it's nine o'clock at night, and you're like, okay, uh, son, you know, put the lights out. Um, you got a test tomorrow. I want you to get a good night's sleep. And listen, do not play on your iPad or phone tonight. Okay, you promise me. Now you're gonna get a good night's sleep. Yeah, sure, Dad. Okay, of course. <laughs> so he lights out. He goes to sleep, as, as do you. For some reason, you get up in the evening, maybe 12 at night. Maybe the AC thermostat's not right. You, you know, anyway, you go out and you look, and all of a sudden you see the light on in your kid's room. And you go in there and you peek, and what do you see? Wow, he's playing on his iPad, you know, and you got to tell him not to. So you're really upset and fuming, but you figure, you know what, I'll deal with that in the morning. Go to sleep, catch up your son in the morning, and you can approach him, right? And you say, right. you know, son. Now, I'm going to give you two examples of his responses, and let's see how your emotions tell you how God might, I, I, you know, deal with this, okay? Right. So let's say for the first example, you approach your son, you say, hey, son, you know, were you, you know, we, did you did you get a good night's sleep? You ready? Did you, you know, you didn't play on your iPad last night, did you? You know, like I, you said, and he's like, you know, no, maybe he's been lying to you, you know, but you know, you get to the bottom. I saw your lights on. I saw you on your iPad, you know, because I, yeah, I was, you know, but you know, come on, dad, you gave me the thing, you know, don't tell me when I can use it when I can't, that's not fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't need kids to know. <laughs> you know <laughs> and so, you know, you, you know, now all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, you're, you're fuming, right? I mean, your feeling of that is probably one that's not good, you know, not endearing, right. you know, and if anything, you, you really don't even want to be in his presence. You feel yourself wanting to separate from him. It's time, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's the feeling that we have. You can't reside in sin. God can't be in the presence of sin. That's why right. the separation, Adam had to leave the garden. But let's say, let's use this same example, but here's his response instead. So you go to him in the morning, you know, son, I saw you, you know, did you, you know, did you have a good night's sleep? You know, were you on the computer? Dad, I want to tell you right up front. You know, I was on my computer last night. I don't know if you happen to know that or not, but mm -hmm. I could not sleep. I was struggling. I have this test, as you know, in the morning, and um, I just don't know. And there's this one game that I play, and it just puts me right to sleep, you know, and that's why I did it. Dad, I am, I felt so guilty, and I'm, I'm so sorry. You told me not to do it, and I, I'm asking your forgiveness, Dad. You know, I, 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 I just, can you, can you see past it? I was wondering how you might take it. I just want to be honest with you. Well, compared to that first example that I'd given you, the other, you know, response, right. is it possible you could even forgive him? Like there's a, you certainly don't have the, mm. perhaps the sense that you need to discipline him to that degree, like you did the first example, right? Right. And that right. perhaps you could even forgive him, right? Well, oh, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, but the first isn't example, this what happened? Yeah. When God approached Adam in the morning, totally. you know, instead of yeah. when the first time he found himself to be yeah. unclothed, you know, naked, the one that gave her to me. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, and, <laughs> and he had to leave, but, but maybe that that's all God wants. He wants us to acknowledge our sin 
to know, you know, it's his rule that's, that's, that we need to live by, that we would, should want to live by, you know, and serve God. And, um, and, you know, it allows us to understand perhaps God's perspective and what he wants us to be and how to respond to him and our sin. Right. And the door's open there for us. We just need to come back in that, with that spirit of repentance, you know, yeah. I, I believe. Amen. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. I, I, we, uh, you know, as a, as a men's ministry, we tend to use the Adam and Eve uh, example quite often because it really feels as if Adam um, uh, did not use his responsibilities wisely, uh, not only in the garden, but also in his marriage. And uh, mm-hmm. we use that quite often, um, you know, just to, as an example in men's ministry. So that that's a good, that's a good analogy. Um, and I, I literally just preached on this yesterday was uh, we do not um, when it comes to sin, we don't view sin as evil like God does. God really, I mean, he looks at sin as evil. You and I are, I should say us, everybody listening, we tend to categorize sin and we allow sin, you know, it, it could be a little white lie or a moment of lust or, you know, and, and we don't deal with the sin a lot of times. And eventually that's going to overtake you. And if we truly looked at uh, sin as evil, like God does, I mean, you would, you would, you would definitely sin a lot less than you do in your life. That's for sure. You, you know, ever, you ever had a, somebody try and make you think one thing when they knew it was something else, whether it be oh, yeah. a used car right. salesman or a friend <laughs> trying to hot, you know, or, you know what I mean? It, President of the United States. (laughs) You know, that uh, that's an ugly feeling, you know, when someone puts one, you know, and so uh, I hate sin. You know, I hate when people do that. I could see that's there's no that's there's no room for that in heaven. You know, and I think we learn those things here on Earth. Hopefully. Well, I think we've we've also sugarcoated the the um, the consequences of sin. you, you know, really I mean, amen to that because it's a, it's almost like you know Paul says, uh, you know, when he's uh, I think he's talking to the to the Ephesians and he's like, you know, grace abound, but never use it as a license to sin, and may it never be, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, cheap grace uh, in the church tends to sell sin a little bit harder, uh-huh. and yeah. yeah, that's even worse, and. Um, that's a, that's a bad place for the church, church to be. And I think, you know, that's very Americanized or Westernized, uh, view of religion. And, uh, it's cause we don't have a great image of God and we don't have a great view of God and we don't truly love what God loves. And we truly don't hate what God hates. Um, and we really like the flesh, unfortunately. And, uh, because we don't have that great relationship with him and, um, yeah, that's that's some really good insight. So, 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 tell me how you how you got to um, the point of the book. So, you gave your life to the Lord in your early thirties. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, I married my wife. We went to, and I. So so it, was she Hindu or or was she? Her mother's Hindu. Her father okay. Episcopalian, but she you know she grew up in the church. They pick okay. one, so she went to the, the one the father went. To. Um, but um, yeah, thank God for her voice, her patience with me. 
I mean, I just, it's, you know, you so, it's so difficult, but she, I've, I've, I've come to a much better place through her love. I believe she was a gift from God, you know. Did you outkick your through. coverage with her? What's that? I said, did you outkick your coverage with her? <laughs> what I always tell guys when they got a good wife, you outkicked your coverage. I guess that's what happened. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I feel more today than ever how grateful I am. I just, you know, it's, it's hard to explain, but, you know, like I said, I used to chase after the, the money and the things that earthly things, but having someone that really cares about you, wow, that's the best of all, you know, the, right. the feelings. And God cares about us all, everyone out there that's listening to your podcast, and it's just waiting to have a relationship, just like we, we on a daily basis, you know, we're, we'd like to have relationships with people. I mean, meaningful ones, ones where, you know, that people have a good heart that are in our lives, wish us well, right. you know, and uh, it's the same with God. And, um, Amen. Amen. and, the, and the gate, the gates narrow and only a few find it, you know, I mean, it's less than half, you know, so. Exactly. So, no, so you gave your life to the Lord, you met uh -huh. your wife, or did you meet your wife before you gave your life to the Lord? I met, I've always loved God. I, I knew he was real, but I didn't, I didn't understand how to be close with him. I didn't understand right. through the forgiveness of sin, right. you know, that, that completion through what Jesus, the gift of Jesus and what happened there. And she helped me to, to see that by keeping me, you know, going to church on Sundays and hearing the word and, and then it just clicked, you know, and, right. and, um, and then I had my first heart attack and then I decided, you know, I became aware of this particular message and I first, just felt like first you know, heart I've, got attack? My, I've had two now. Yeah. Holy I, cow, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first one was to get me to write the book. And then the second one was to remind me, I got to get the message out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm telling you the truth because I'm, I'm distracted. this other project, but it's an earthly thing. So now I'm back and that's why I contacted you. And so, you know, that's trying awesome. to get this out there and, and thank you so much, Jerry, because my confidence with preaching is really, it, I'm no, I'm not a preacher, man. I'm, I mean, it, I feel comfortable talking to you. Maybe it's because right. you make me feel comfortable in the, your, the way you, you know, speak and, and such but this is but a you're, big thing. you're doing a great job because you're presenting the message that you have that came from the book very well mm -hmm. and it's thank it, you it's well enough to uh i'm excited about the thought and i can't wait to read the book i unfortunately i have not read the book because you contacted me so quickly and um, i'll send you a pdf if you want to you know just totally send me yes. your email i would email. i would i would be honored yes well, and i would love to do that i so. just want to encourage you you know you're almost just to kind of support um, your approach, you're almost opportunate, uh, opportunate, approaching it, uh, apologetically. This is almost, uh, apologetics is what you're saying is no, these, these unwritten truths are in your heart. These communal things, the creator, um, has inherently put that inside of you. And regardless of what you believe or what faith you come from, it's very hard to, to argue, argue your way through these inherent truths that are written on your heart. Right. Well, I support him with scripture in the book. So it's, you know, there's the evidence here. But I think perhaps I'm also a little bit gun shy from having been, you know, uh, accused of being, you know, out there for my own family. And, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, so you've given me a little bit of a, a platform and building my confidence a little bit to share what I really do believe is true. You know, Amen. so I have to do Amen. this. Well, you, you, you definitely have your thoughts collected, which is really good. You know, speaking, that's 90% of it. And it's just a matter of getting out, uh, 
to the to the rest of the world and you know that's that's done one podcast at a time one post at a time yeah. you know one local church at a time so you'll you'll get there and it'll be a a, a move of god that you won't be able to stop so so you I, gave your, you gave your life to the Lord. Uh, you got yes. married. Uh, you got kids. Yes. Um, you had a heart attack. You wrote the book. Before the heart attack and after the heart attack, like what was your thought process of um, like when did God lay a book on? Like, like for me, I had never read a book until I gave my life to the Lord. And so I was 33 years old. I gave my life to the Lord. I went through high school with cliff notes. I flunked out of college. I joined the military. Like when I was growing up, they had these things called cliff notes. We didn't have Google or. I remember you know, cliff notes. I remember cliff notes. They were these little bitty books that were yellow, yellow, <laughs> yellow and black and white. And they were just little <laughs> six by nine um, summaries of novels. And so. I read those and, you know, skated through high school and then flunked out of college, joined the military. And I've never had read a book prior to giving my life to the Lord. And then I just had an insatiable hunger of the Bible. And I started reading the Bible and started reading the Bible. And the next thing you know, I'm reading it twice a year. Uh, I'm just going through it and going through it. And then um, I started reading other books and now I've got a library in my office. And one day uh, somebody challenged me to write my testimony. And, you know, I was just telling them the story and I was like, okay. And so I started writing us and I, I picked a day that I started in my testimony. It was 12 years old. And I, don't, I, I that was kind of the day that I shouldn't say the day, the year that I quit going to church. And I just remember you know, just kind of summarizing the from there to 37, 36 years old, something like that. And I just started writing. The next thing you know, I had 150 pages <laughs> and of my testimony. And so then I kind of broke it down. And the next thing you know, I sent it off to an editor. And it was actually the editor who did uh, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. He just announced Christ not too long ago, the turd neck. Mm. It was a big, it was, it was a big, um, big book in back in the eighties and early nineties. But, um, uh, and that's how my book started. And so how was your, your process? What, what did God do in your life to kind of get you, um, to actually put pen to paper? <laughs> I was working for a major corporation, um, anyway the, when they hired me it was understood that they were going to pay me a certain amount I left my job I went to work for them and they didn't pay me the amount that they oh, were saying no. you know and I, I mean I got kids I felt so you know it's a it's a feeling that you know you know, and I had to stay because I mean, I know I was, it was my only opportunity to make money. I, I wasn't, I'm, I'm doing better now. I was, I was struggling a little bit. I was paycheck to paycheck with my kids at that time. Right. And uh, I was fuming. And so I just, I decided to channel the negative energy into the book. It, it, it the, you can read the book in an hour. Okay. But I right. spent five years on it because I wanted it to read. <laughs> Right. I wanted it to be elementary. This message is deep, but it's really simple. It is, yeah. And yeah. I wanted to reach elementary kids just like scholars. And I had people help edit it and give me ideas, and I'd keep revising. And that's how you do it. You revise. You revise. Yeah, you totally. revise. Yeah. It's, it's like any, like remodeling a room or anything. Right. You scan it, 
And every time you scan it, you come to the to the weakest point. You fix right. it. Right. Put it down, go back, read it again, scan whatever it is you're working on. There's a new weak point that emerges. You you kill that one, you make it right. better. It just tightens it and tightens it and tightens it. I feel pretty proud about the simple book that I wrote and and how it reads. Although I, I, with a second chance, I'm going to do it even better. I have better ideas, but um, and then uh, yeah. So uh, that's how I utilize uh, how I use that. I believe that God. In 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 the truth be told, those people were so good to me because I know in their hearts they felt so guilty about what happened. Right. And I was really left alone, really, to write my book. Oh, no kidding. I, mean, I worked and I earned my income and they were happy with me, everything for right. a period of about five years, you know, but, um, and then the reason they'd hired me, they had a portfolio of foreclosed homes that I was managing because I'm real estate's kind of my thing, my earthly right. thing. And um, the portfolio concluded it was, um, and they weren't going to buy another one. So the job ended, but that happened just as the book was completed. So, oh, awesome! you know, but then God blessed me with something else that I was doing, you know, so, but now it's, it's about this, uh, the book, when we have more time in the future, maybe if you come to Florida and St. Pete's not available for you, okay. why don't you come over to my coast? Okay. It's about four hours from St. Pete. It's okay. on the, it's on the east side, an hour east of Orlando in Palm Bay. I well, invite we, you to, to we come may out. have what? to, we may have to talk about that because I just got the, uh, the, the hotel razor rates and I don't know that I can afford to go now <laughs> where we were originally going. So if, if you want to consider a podcast on this property, I had this 10 acre property with elevation changes and this nature preserve and this uh, beautiful Creek in the, anyway, you know, you know, Okay, well, Set let's, up, let's yeah. talk. I, we, we, we'll definitely talk about that because I'm all about uh, taking the podcast, uh, especially to Florida. I'm so <laughs> Come check it out, Jody. Right I, I mean it. I mean it. Come okay. check it out and consider it. And All right, Rick. <laughs> I, I promise you I will. Awesome. Awesome. So and just to touch base on my, what do you want to talk about my? No, no, I want to uh, touch. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You know, this, this, this next book, I've already completed it. I just want to try and secure the traditional publishers, I, as I mentioned, but I have this uh, really, you, do you believe, like I believe that parables are layered in meaning. And oh, yeah. I think God speaks in parables. And th for those that, with ears to hear and eyes to see, you can reach better, deeper, more in, you know, meaning that was I've... behind it. And I'm confident in a deeper meaning layer that I believe I've, I've, been able to interpret from the parable of the good samaritan that's a pretty contemplated parable in the bible right and um i, like, I really I, can't wait to share that with you one day i, well, I like i like parables i like parables because you know much like a testimony it hits at different points for different people you know sometimes when you're reading the, the story of the good samaritan you view it as Am I the religious leader walking by? Am I the uh, the guy laying on on the ground? Am I the uh, you know the good Samaritan? Am I the innkeeper? Like you're you're looking at it from different viewpoints, or or am I the donkey? <laughs> you know, like do, do you, how much time do we have left? I don't know if I could even. We got, pitch maybe. Dude, that's the great thing about our podcast. We got all day, so all day, man. Yeah, we don't we don't have a specific time. We just don't want to like kill people for three or four hours, so. But you, I'd love to pitch it to you, but I don't want to, you know, take a pitch risk. It. Yeah. No, I mean, it's you, you it's mentioned. All, 
Oh, well, okay. Um, I, I will. It's okay. So you mentioned the word innkeeper, okay? And right. I have meaning for all these things that I found from other places in scripture and the Bible and other parables. Okay. I found the meaning, and, and this might be, I'm taking a risk here because it might be a little bit out there in your mind, but we'll see, okay? So I found the, where the meaning of innkeeper was in the story of the birth story of Jesus, right. which I think in itself is a lot more, there's a lot more there in the story than what's been previously interpreted as, but I'll share that with you also. Okay. So to begin with that, okay, so we know, right, Jesus was wrapped in cloth, Right. Right. Uh, place in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Right. So to begin with, right, Jesus was wrapped in cloth. Well, to be clothed in scripture, I've determined has meaning. Okay. And um, like I, like you know, Jesus put on the full armor or like a man of the cloth. But I think we first found it in that story with Adam and Eve, because it was when Adam sinned, when he caused separation from God, the first time he found himself to be naked, right? Exactly. Or, or unclothed. So okay. for Jesus to be wrapped in cloth in the world, I believe means he was came into the world with God's favor and protection. Okay. He was clothed. That's good. And, and not only that, in the King James Version, he was wrapped in swaddling cloth which is that extra snug babies wrap around a baby that you see, right. which, which I interpret as an extra measure of God's favor and protection. Okay. Placed in a manger. Now, what is a manger? Manger is actually a feeding trough, right? right? For animals, animals feed from. So is it a coincidence that Jesus was placed in a manger? Watch this as in the Holy communion, mm. Jesus said, eat this is my body mm. or scripture that says Jesus came into the world to offer spiritual food. Mm. Yeah. So place in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Mm. Kind of sounds like G Jesus, Joseph, Mary, there was, you know, the Hampton end of his day was booked, you know, right. but, but, Perhaps what he's saying there, it's so trite. He has, it's such a meaningful story because there's no room for them in the end. That's why, he's, you know, what's, what's that about? Because there was no room for them represent, perhaps referencing the Holy Trinity. Mm. There was no room for them in the end, which I, and, and, and was more meaning. What really meant is the dwelling place within. Got it before it was right. more understood more recent terms as a bed and breakfast kind of thing right so when you look at god talking to us directly in that way that's why jesus had to come into the world because our hearts are hard and we had to feed from him because there was no we didn't have god in our hearts the holy trinity right right um it lets us know really that you know because you know uh the dwelling place within that means who's the innkeeper you me we're all innkeepers because we're all responsible for the spirit that dwells within us right okay so just having said that let me fast forward to the parable where an expert in the law asked jesus how to gain eternal life right that's the that's what this whole thing's about the the parable right. and jesus simply responds with a question well what do you think it is you know what have you learned you know he responds with the first and most important commandment to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Right. Jesus says that is correct. You, you answer correctly. You do that. 
and you'll gain eternal life. But the expert wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? You know, on the surface, it sounds like the expert wanted, you know, didn't think he sounded smart enough the first time. So he wanted to throw a riddle at Jesus. So he asked him, well, you know, he wanted to justify himself. So he asked him, who's my neighbor? A little zinger question. But isn't really there only one way to be justified, Jody, in the Bible? Mm -hmm. So that God accepts us just as though we've never sinned. Right. And that's through the acceptance of Jesus. That is, like you said earlier, that is the only way to eternal life. Right. So really, that's the first clue in the story that that Jesus is in the story. Mm. Because we know, you and I, that that's the way to gain eternal life. So that's the only way to be justified. So let me rephrase that. So the expert wanted to justify himself. So we asked Jesus, well, who's who's my neighbor? You know, that's the kind of the clue that that's Jesus. But let me let me go on. So then Jesus goes into this parable. He responds to that question. Remember, that's the question. Who is my neighbor? So to begin with, he's he tells us about a man that was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho when he found when he fell victim to the hands of the robbers. You see, there was a man that was in Jerusalem leaving Jerusalem down to Jericho. You see, he was leaving a God-centered place, going to a lower elevation as Jericho is to Jerusalem. Right. In other words, he was separating himself from God, okay, as you'll see in a minute. When he fell victim to the hands of the robbers, evil, they beat him, because that's what evil does. They come to destroy, Right. stripped him of his clothes. Now you see the man lost favor with God through his sin. And left him half dead. You follow me so far? That's good. Why was, yeah. it, why was it he was left half dead? Because the wages of sin is, is death. death. So if nothing were to happen for his betterment, he's left for dead. Okay? Mm-hmm. But that's act one. We'll get back to it. Now, here's where my interpretation parts waves with conventional interpretation. <laughs> Remember the question that Jesus is answering? Who is my neighbor? Right. The word, the pronoun he is used repeatedly in this parable to the point where it's even peculiar. Right. And you think you know who the he belongs to in the story as it reads. But what if he was really answering the question, who's the neighbor? He is always the neighbor, mm. which I already know is Jesus. So let me continue the story by just simply replacing the word Jesus where you had the word he. The first he was there to throw us off. That was the man that fell victim to the hands of the robbers. But after this, every single he is Jesus, the neighbor. So let's watch how this goes. So a priest was traveling down that same road. You see, Jody, as you know, we're all sinners. Mm -hmm. The priests and Levites aren't excluded from that. Right? So. When he, when Jesus saw him, you see a whole new story emerges here. You got to, if you can open your mind. Right. So priest was traveling down that same road when he, when Jesus saw him, Jesus passed by on the other side. Right. And so to a Levite, when Jesus came to that part of the road, he continued on the other side. You see, Jesus didn't stop for the priest or the Levite. Okay. Let me just say, but as the story continues, so, um, um what how does that go next jody the um so i believe i was going to so 
I believe it's so the, the Samaritan. The Samaritan is after okay, him. yeah, a, but a Samaritan, as right. he, as right. Jesus traveled, right. and isn't that true? Unlike the Jews of the day, didn't treat Jesus travel through Samaria? That's where he met right. the lady at the well. Right, exactly. Right. So a Samaritan, a Samaritan as Jesus traveled, came to where the man was. That's right. Jesus is the one that came to the that man. Right. Bandaged his wounds. You see, Jesus healed him pouring on oil and wine, which really is God's blessings and prosperity, which was the purview of Jesus to give and only Jesus, and then put him on his own donkey. Now, isn't that interesting? Well, didn't Jesus ride into Jerusalem on a donkey? Right. You know, the, the association of a donkey and Jesus adds further evidence that this is making sense to me anyway. Right. So, um, and then the next day, I think it's how it goes. He took him to an end. Yeah. So I'm going by memory here, Jody. Be with oh, me. Oh, you're doing good. So um, uh, I pondered this, and I think that the next day I found the meaning in this. There's, I believe, three major days in a Christian person's life. There's the day we're born here on earth in sin as we know it. Right. And then there's the second day or the next day, as it's referenced in the parable. That's the day we're born again baptized right. through christ and then there's the third day and that's the day we leave earth to be with our heavenly father hopefully right right as in jesus rose again on the third day right you remember how early you talked about god made you know in six days and rest on the seventh you mentioned see god talks about these days in terms of chapters so it doesn't it strikes me as consistent with the word of god to say you know, this, the next day, the third day would we reference perhaps what I just mentioned to you, okay? Right. Instead of three days later, you know, I think it's a mishap, you know? Anyway, so um, the next day, he took, he took him to an end. The next day, Jesus, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. You see, Jesus paid the price and he paid with everything he had to give. How do we know that? I'll get to that. But first, he's given it to the innkeeper. See, that's that man he's now referring to as innkeeper because right. he's accepted his spirit, right? His newborn spirit. So remember the widow's offering? She gave two copper coins. And it wasn't as had, much money right. as other people gave, but it was worth more to God because it was right. everything she had to give. So right. Jesus, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. You see, Jesus paid the price and he paid with everything he had to give that reference to two coins, mm. you know, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. He's telling him his newborn self. And when I return, I'm paying any extra expense you, you may have. You see, he's referring to me. He's referring to the second coming. When Jesus returns, he'll pay any extra expense you may have because when we're saved and our sins are paid for, it, it, it's paid for now and into the future. Right. Amen. And said, so, you know, take care of him when I return. Okay. So, um, and then, so then he returns back to the expert and he asks the expert, so which of these three, you know, reference, not careful at that point, not to say which of these three men, because he himself is right. not a man. And man's used five other times in the parable. In the NIV right. version, anyway. So he says, which of these three was a neighbor to the man that fell victim to the hands of the robber? And the expert answered, the one that had mercy on him. And Jesus says, yes, go and do likewise. Mm. You know, he agrees, yes, because Jesus was that neighbor. 
you know, and he had mercy on him. And he's instructing him, go do likewise. What is he? He's instructing all of us to do as Jesus would do. That in our travels, when we come across someone who is separated from God, yeah. minister to him, share your vehicle of salvation. Otherwise, death is what lies ahead for him. That's good. And let me let me let me give you some powerful other insight to this. If since you seem to be receiving this also, I am. Yeah, it's good. Yes, okay, it's so really good. You see, in the story, Jesus didn't save the priest and the Levite, and rather, instead, he saved the man that fell victim to the hands of the robbers. Right, a non, right. you know, uh, right, non-religious religious right. kind of guy, but right. a guy that had the right heart. Jesus does heart. So Jesus didn't save the priest and Levite. He instead for the man that fell victim to the hands of the robbers. You see, this is what, what did it cost God to save that man? It's, I think what economists refer to as opportunity costs. It's what he could have done otherwise. Mm. He could have saved the priest and the Levite, but he didn't. Right. So he, and perhaps when he's saying he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, you see, he didn't save the priest and the Levite. And he's referring to them as the two silver coins he gave their loss. Their loss was this man's salvation. Mm. Why is he referring to the priest and the Levite as two silver coins? Because that's what he, Judas ended up. Because that's what they loved more than God. Yeah, they got the money. Yep. You see, remember mm. the beginning, the expert want to know how to gain eternal life, to love the Lord your God Lord. with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm. You can't love God in money. As the priest and Levite had a preference, you know, had right. prioritized in my mind. Right. So then I asked this, are you with me so far? I mean, yes, sir. so then I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you what I asked. And then the answer that came to me, I'm not going to tell you that this is what it is. That might be a little too much, but I'm just going to share with you. So two of the three in the story were not saved. And yet one of the three, one third of them was saved, right? Mm -hmm. On this parable. So I asked, well, is, if th maybe this is true on a bigger scale. Maybe, you know, maybe two thirds aren't going to be saved. Maybe one third is. And it reminded me of what we already talked about, that the gate's narrow and only a few make it. Few, mm -hmm. right? Less than right. a half, maybe third. So then I asked, well, let me begin by, you know, let me, God, put something in my mind that would, be evidence to this fact. Let's let's start with let's say the two thirds that aren't saved. Where in the where biblically could they identify that that could be true? Bang! It hit me. Parables are so thirds. Two thirds. Two. <laughs> what is two thirds that won't make it? Two thirds is the same as what? Two divided by three, right? Right. Do you have a calculator in front of you? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, take two divided by three. That's point six 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 six. Right, the mark of the beast. Right, the beast. Could, okay. could be the could be the representation. Nothing more than mathematical formula. Two thirds, six six six, and there is something, by the way, in Hebrew uh, text that talks about the two thirds being burned and thrashed in the fields, and the one third mm -hmm. being saved. And I have that in my book. I don't have the scripture memorized, but it's in there. Right. So anyway, that's pretty powerful, you know, to say that that might be a connection. Even the, but then I. The Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. And, and you know, that might be that might be extreme for your viewers. I don't know. I'm just telling you that, you know, I, I asked that question. That's what came to me. And then I, you know, I asked, and then what about the one third, you know? And then certain things kind of came to my mind that sort of would support that. 
you know, Jesus rose again on the third day, maybe representing the day of the one third of us also. And Jesus died at what age 33, you know, as a percentage, that's one third, you know, I mean, there's just things like that that make it interesting to read. I'm not trying to, you know, no, that's good. That's good. I like looking into things like this. One of the things that, you know, I always talk about is, uh, is the parable of the sower and the seed too. Um, you know, Jesus is the sower and um, the seed is the, 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 um, uh, the, the person, the soil is the salvation. And you see um, only a quarter of those actually uh, come to salvation. And that's Jesus throwing the seeds. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's one of those where, you know, there is very few because the, the, the road is narrow that uh, will receive Jesus Christ. And uh, I think that's pretty evident all throughout scripture. I like the way that you almost took a parable um, and wrote a parable on the parable, so to speak. Well, that makes sense. Like a, lo- a lot of analogies, a lot of conjecture, um, a lot of uh, um, very, very good insight of of what that looks like. I think that's great. There's stories, just briefly, there's stories like this laced throughout the Bible, um, as you were kind of talking about it, saying, well, you know, this, this has remnants of uh, the story (laughs) of Christ. Um, If we look at one of the, my favorite ones is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Um, If you look at that, um, he is called to sacrifice his own son, Uh, that he travels three days to get to where um, the sacrifices to be made. His son carries the wood on his back um, up the hill to do the sacrifice. Um, Ironically, we Mm. actually have that happening in the same mountain range. And at the time it was called, I had to look it up. It's uh, Moriah, Mount Moriah. Um, Later on, the children of Israel leave. They go to Egypt and they come back. That gets renamed Golgotha. Um, That's actually where Christ is sacrificed. Um, thousands of years later. So we, I mean, it, it always feels, yeah, it always feels like when you're reading the Bible and when we get into conjecture, like you said, it feels like we're stretching, but the story of Christ, not only is it written, like we started this podcast, we talked about the truth being written on our hearts. It's laced through the parables. It's laced through the other mm-hmm. stories in the Old Testament. Foretold, it's already foretold in the beginning of um, in the begin from the beginning of time. There's a there's a scientist, uh, Stephen Meyer, I think, is uh, one of the the leading experts in um, I think genealogy, and he's a believer. And I, genealogy could be the um, the wrong term that I'm using, but Stephen Meyer's interesting guy. He talks about um, I believe the the it is called laminate i think laminin laminin thank yes. you laminin. laminin it's a it is the structure <clears throat> that holds all cells together right. uh, it's in the shape of a cross like there are little things like this laced throughout the story um of us of the bible and so i think stories like this or exercises i think i would say like this are are fun and profitable uh, totally to, good, to talk good. about I know I'm apologizing for having even shared it with you. I know, no, I know. no, don't apologize. I, I yeah. no, I'm serious. I, I think it's, uh, it's very insightful. Um, you know, again, I've got to, I've got to flesh it out in my mind. Um, you know, I, I was sitting here reading, uh, the story of the good Samaritan and, and everything that you're saying is correct. You know, you do see he, and you do see, 
um, the three, the, the, the priest, Levite, Samaritan, and then give um, it a shot, read it with the substitution of the word Jesus, but do it at a time when your mind's open to a totally. new way of looking at when you hear it for 50 something years, the same way, it's hard to see it a different way. Right. Which is what, what I'm offering here. So well, Rick, I think you'll your, find it to make what sense. What you're doing is you're doing what scholars do. You're studying the scripture and you're, um, you know, you're praying about it, you're reading into it, and you're trying to find meaning within the works. Like, that's what reading the Bible uh, should look like. You should be reading. The, the reason that we've, you know, come up with some of these uh, discoveries of, of reading the Bible and the story that I even shared is because someone took the time to sit down and, and go through the Old Testament and say, well, there's some similarities here in, you know, the story of Isaac being sacrificed. That's very strange. I wonder if they're relevant, let's keep digging in to those. And so you're doing what, what we should be doing with the Bible on a daily basis is studying it. Yeah. I, I, I am a exegesis uh, preacher. So I like, I like to make sure that, you know, I'm pulling it out of context. I want to know what it says and why it says it and how do I apply it. And so when I, when I preach, I do expository preaching. I just go verse by verse um with a little commentary and some little anecdotes and stuff like that and for me to um uh, <laughs> you said i've got you know dozens of years uh of um this i this thought process already it's taken me a minute for my gears to slow down just a minute to to process it so i like the i like the thought that you have behind that i can't wait to read the book i think it's going to be that's going to be a really cool concept that you're you're plugging away here i mean it's it's no different than the concept that you're taking now uh that you have taken um with your imagine uh god book and um given us a, a an opportunity to look at people especially those who are lost in a different in a different way um we'll have them look at their own lives in a different way right but and it's, con it's connection you know oh, it is all about that yeah. my testimony doesn't doesn't always connect and I know the word will never return void, um, but I do believe most people are saved through a relationship. And when that relationship can be built based on, you know, at least the central point of God and then lead them to Jesus, uh, it's a lot easier that it might take longer, um, but it is easier because now you've got their attention and now you've got the greatest thing that can possibly happen is when you're witnessing is to get questions. Once get what? You, to get questions yeah once, once because, you, start... you know just because you tell them hey i believe and this is why it doesn't mean they're going to believe but you know they might believe that there's something more than they've considered because you've it's worked for you yeah, but exactly. at the end of the day it's that relationship each of us has to have yes to to, to secure that understanding to bond and you know and make it permanent and real you know exactly. and and the pathway to take which they can see is working for you, but it's not convincing enough. But if they get them to consider that mm. through your testimony, and then they can identify on their own, which I hope to help with that message. The first one that, you know, maybe that's, that's a ticket, you know, that's a winner. What's a winning ticket, <laughs> but, you know, I want to say something else too, just because your listeners out there, you know, if they're still hanging on to, you know, this, they are, you know, we all suffer, you know, in, in different ways, we all have different, experiences that are unfortunate and unexpected and what to do with it and how to deal with it you know 
we're supposed to die into ourselves and become mm -hmm. a new creature in Christ. And I think these things help us the way Paul described it in his own life. And if we take suffering to, to understand and see God and see if we no longer can just hang on to our own ego or money, that's why Jesus said it, or it's harder to get into the, it's, it's easier to get uh, to, what did he say? A rich the, man to get into is the thread and eye yeah. of a need, you know, for a rich yeah. man to get into the kingdom of heaven, you know, right. because, but when you, like we talked about earlier, when you lose what you put your dependency on and you have nothing else, it, it doesn't, then you start to find the real God. And uh, it, that's where the difference occurs. You know, it mm. seems, I know it seems outrageous for people who are non-believers to understand that God's real. Like it just doesn't make sense. But but my friend out there, you'll see one day that you'll be able, you'll be dealing with something that you cannot answer or get yourself out of, and you need some, some extra help that really, you know, only God can, can manage. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and then, you know, um, yesterday I was, uh, I was preaching and it was really, I'm going through the Advent series and I've been preaching on Acts since January and I'm only in chapter 14. So we took a break to go uh, to the, you know, just do an Advent series. I'm not a big fan of the Advent series, although I do love the birth of Jesus Christ, you know, um, and so I'm trying to take it in a different way of understanding, you know, why we need uh, the virgin birth of our savior um, to come into the world to save us. And um, so I started off last week with the need, you know, the need is because we're depraved and we've, uh, we are fallen and God has been displeased since, um, you know, Adam and Eve, and he even got more displeased at, uh, at Noah's day. And, um, you know, there's going to be a day where he's finally done and Jesus comes back. Uh, and then this, yesterday I preached on the promise and the problem with, you know, God promised a savior in Isaiah. And I went through Isaiah 59 and, um, you know, the, the, the biggest take out of that, um, that you can take out of that is that it was, it's, it's hope is that we have, it's the hope in Jesus Christ. It's the hope that, uh, you and I have in eternity in heaven because of mm -hmm. our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, the Israelites were looking for that hope, and they kept looking in all the wrong ways. And, mm -hmm. and the more that you look in, in idolatry and other gods and, and things and people and expectations and all the wrong things, the further you get away from God. <laughs> and it's only hope that brings us close to God. Um, it's only Jesus Christ that brings us closer to God. And we've got to be able to pass that along to other people because right now we're living in a hopeless world. I mean, Gosh. we've got it. We've got a world that is so hopeless. They, they're fearful, um, of dying. They're fearful of world war three. They're fearful of, you know, the planes falling out of the sky, whatever. They're just fearful. And, um, you have opened my eyes a little bit to ways of reaching people that, that can give them a little bit of hope because of the thing that we have in common. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of times as Christians, we take for granted that God did create us in the image of him. And well, we've so, all heard it, but right, yeah, it we've heard it, but identifiably, once, that's right. But I once I, I become a Christian, I don't feel like they look like God, if that makes sense. And I'm those, those who do not know. Oh, Jesus. You right. Know what I'm saying? 
Yes, you know I do. I like but, I, I but think, in the manner that I'm sharing with you, I think you, you can. You do exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, and and I don't feel that I do. But now that you're saying that, I think that that's that's the problem with Christianity is that we've. And I'm not going to say all people again. I, that, you know, that's that's not the right word. But majority of the people have elevated themselves to think that um, they don't have anything in common with the lost when yet they yeah. used to be just as wretched and depraved, yeah. <laughs> lost and hopeful, hopeless and fearful uh, as they are. And we've got to, we've got to rethink how we, how we reach them. Well, that's why, you know, yeah. we get this idea, you know, we uh, I've been chastised before, um, for saying that no 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 i still have a sin nature like there's still sin in me and there's a group of christians who will say no once you're saved that sin nature dies it goes away um when you believe that it's very hard to look at people who are not followers and say and have anything in common mm -hmm. because now i'm sinless you know, like you make right. that joke all the time. I'm not sinless, but I sin sinless. less. Right. <laughs> you have that perspective that we are above or better or, um, you know, closer to God. Everyone's an image bearer. Right. Everyone. Everyone is an image bearer. They're, the word is written on our hearts mm -hmm. from the foundation mm -hmm. of the earth. It's undeniable from the atheist to the the Jew, the Christian, the Muslim, the the monk, all the above. Um, I think I've told this story on the podcast before. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, it it comes from a book called Red Letter. Um, I think it's Red Letter Revolution. Um, the book as a whole, I wasn't crazy about, but this story was a Billy Graham story. This is after his ministry. Uh, he was done. He was visiting a monastery, and um, he's walking around. He sees this monk meditating. And, uh, he feels the Holy spirit to tell him, Hey, go, go talk to that monk. And he's like, Ooh, that's going to be rude. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm a visitor here. And, and he keeps getting this overwhelming feeling, you know, go visit the monk go, or go talk to this monk, uh, and tell him about me, tell him about Christ. So, so he reluctantly does, and he interrupts the monk from meditation. Uh, he says, uh, uh, he, he starts giving him the gospel, basically the rundown, and I'm sure it's in true Billy Graham fashion, right? Um, giving him the gospel, and the monk starts tearing up as he starts hearing the gospel. So Billy Graham thinks to himself, wow, this guy's going to receive Christ. And so he says, would you like to receive Christ? And the monk gives him this very strange, peculiar look on his face, and he says, I don't think I can. Billy Graham says, no, I don't think you understand the gospels for everyone. Jesus Christ is for everyone. He said, no, it's the word you're using receive. My English isn't very good, but I do not think I can receive Christ because the man you described already lives inside my heart. No. I didn't know any of those things about him, but as you were describing him, the man who lives inside my heart spoke to me and says, that is me who's been living in you. So this is not, this is not to say, well, but just then Billy Graham, as he's telling the story says, just then the Holy Spirit said that was for you, not for, not for him. Wow. And that's not to say, yeah, that, now this story is not to say that there are other ways to Christ, but this, they, they tie it back to Paul saying that God is the saver. 
Mm-hmm. You know, those who are seeing nature have, it's written on their hearts already. God is going to find you. Um, the Holy Spirit is the one who ministers. We get to participate, which is great. But yeah, that's if, good. If, if we're looking at people as if it's our job to save them, that's that's our misstep, I think. No, we're uh, just, we're commanded to share the gospel. Agree. We yeah. have we have nothing to do with the salvation. Yes. We're just planting the seeds, and God is going to water. That's it. And it's that perspective. Yeah. It's that perspective of knowing that I get to participate in sharing the gospel because it's good for me. Um, but these are image bearers of God, and um, we have to see them as such. And that that's one of my favorite stories uh, from a book that I actually didn't really like as a whole. <laughs> as a whole. Yeah. Remember. Uh, but yeah, a, a great story from uh, from someone who, yeah. who did a lot for the gospel. That's great. Well, Rick, t- um, so you've got, um, I know that you said you had a, a, a sound like a, a relatively large uh, job that you had been on and um, maybe a project that you were doing. And it kind of had taken you away a little bit from writing books and promoting the books and all of that. And um, it sounds like you said that is done and you've got your eyes kind of set on, you know, getting this book out a little bit more called the image. Um, uh, I just went brain dead. Imagine God. Imagine yeah. God. I almost said the image of God. It's imagine well, God. We can imagine him because we're made in his image. You know, Amen. each example in the book, we can imagine God through it. But yeah. Amen. And then you've got your new book um, that you're working on coming out and that's your, he is your neighbor. And that's the he, story you just had. He is about. your neighbor. Yeah, he is your neighbor uh, coming about the about the Good Samaritan, and um, and so we'll be praying about that for you. But what else do you have? I, I it sounded like you're, you know, maybe wanted to get into speaking or you know traveling around to some churches or anything like that. Is that something that maybe is I feel like I'm going to have to. I'm not looking forward to that. It's not really my <laughs> DNA, but I feel like I I have to, and I'm I'm going to embrace it. I, it's my responsibility. When you know, when you feel that you're you confidently right. feel you know something, other people aren't aware of, you you innately have a feeling of wanting to share it. Right. I just think I'm supposed to. I, I'm urged right. to. You For those that want to hear it, I'm not it, urged. I'm not. I don't have an urge to share with people who 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 don't want to hear it. You know, right. maybe they're not ready for it. But, well, you can tell you have a passion for it, and you mm-hmm. can tell that God has laid it on your heart. And man, when once He does lay it on your heart, it's kind of hard not to share it with everybody. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. Like when my first book came out, it was it was really my testimony about how how I came into number one salvation, number two sanctification, and what God did um, the moment that my wife told me she wanted a divorce as a as an assistant pastor. Uh, because mm-hmm. I was I was preaching, um, and I I I I came into ministry way too young, spiritually immature, and, and just wasn't ready. And um, I wasn't doing the things that I was preaching from the pulpit at home, and it made me pull out, pull pull back a little bit, and just kind of collect my thoughts and what I was supposed to be doing. And that's when I started growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, and that was really my story. And so once I got that all pinned out, so to speak, man, it just, it came out second nature just to, because it's passion, you know, it's yeah. something that I really love and I want people like, I'm a big, uh, spiritual disciplines guy. Like, I think you, you've got, you've got to be reading this every single day. You have to, you have to be praying. You have to be repenting. Uh, you have to be doing these things spiritually speaking 
as a discipline because they bring you closer to God. It, it, it helps you see your sin. It helps build your faith. It, it makes you um, in a, such a better light than, uh, than not doing these things, you know, going to church, serving in church, getting involved with the church, uh, leading your family, you know, being the spiritual head of the household. And so I'm very passionate about those things because I saw what it did in my life. I saw the, the, the change that it had in my marriage. I saw my kids all give their life to mm -hmm. the Lord. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a plan that you know, I say a plan. It's, it's something that God gave me that I know that works. And um, I think God will use you in a way that um, you're not expecting nor ready for, uh, but he will equip you to be able to do, um, you know, what you need to do and to say what you need to say. And I think he's going to keep you right in that avenue of, of, uh, of, of sharing your books and sharing your heart and sharing your stories. Cause you're a good storyteller. So I don't think, I think that's going to be <laughs> we, second nature. You asked me what else I had. And I, like I mentioned earlier, I think there's an infinite amount of, of knowledge to get to know God through that lens. So I think another edition or many editions in the future after perhaps reaching or having a group write that book, you know, having, right. you know, a fam famous rabbi and the Pope included in the Dalio. I mean, you know, and having, I honestly believe that this transcends religious differences. And if the leaders of the different sects can come together on this, perhaps there's a way we could really feed the world with more God than we have in the past. Um, I also, I, I think I have a, if we do meet in the future, if you do come see me in a, you know, months here, as I, you as you're my, welcome. You got my ears you. perked. You got my ears perked. Yeah. I'd uh, love to, I'd love to spend some time with you on this property and share some, and, and have some good conversation. I, I have a perspective of the Holy spirit that I think is identifiable. That's something I'd have to run by in person. When we see each other is not, you know, that's too much for now. Um, and, uh, and I also have this, interesting things came to my mind about the where the uh the garden of eden the story in genesis about the garden right. of eden and there god created trees that are pleasing to the eye and he, and there's a lot going on right. uh, with that i have uh, something to share with you on that i, I oh, was praise god. the journey to the garden of eden is, is a book i have in mind to write okay. but but the important one is most important even the parable of the interpretation is cute and it's nice and i think it's real and i think it's right. on but imagining God is so reachable for everybody, you know, that I, right. I'm happy to have that to, you know, to share. And I, I think that should be a, a focus of mine. Well, anyway. brother, we, we will definitely be praying for you on this. And um, I know that God put us together for a reason. Uh, I believe in, uh, well, divine, I believe in divine appointments and um, I, I look forward to, to seeing what God does in and through your life and, you know, through your, through your family's life, you know, this is not just a calling that God has placed on you, but he's also placed it on your family. And, um, I, I think you probably see that, that, uh, God is moving them just as much as he is you, uh, in and through this process. So my wife's uh, supportive. She sure is. That's great. And send, uh, send me an email, uh, Jody, if you want, and I'll send you the books and, and, um, you'll have my phone number to I'll send with you to so you can call me if you want to get together if you have hopefully you have time to do that when you come to florida i, well, I, so. I, I, mean, I may i'm seriously I, I may take you up on i'm a broke, i hope i hope he's pastor, god's leading so. you to do that because we can have some powerful i think it'll lead to something really long term and you know praise god i hope i hope Okay. Well, I'll definitely be praying about it and we will, uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. So folks, if you get an opportunity, make sure that you check out, uh, Rick Pribble's, uh, website. It is Rick Pribble. Is it dot 
com or dot dot com. Yeah, Rick dot com. Okay, dot yeah. Com. it is Rick Pry- And yeah, I shared it in the chat as well. Yeah, and it is in all the chats. And um, this will uh, go live tomorrow on any uh, podcast platform that you're subscribed to. And uh, you'll be able to listen to it uh, and uh, send it to other friends and family as well. So you're going to send me a copy that I can send out? Of course. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll send you links and uh, you'll be able to share it with all your family and friends. And uh, we would appreciate it as well. And and again, Rick, uh, we just thank you for your opportunity. I know it's uh, an hour difference over there. It's a little later for you, but we appreciate uh, the time just to talk with you and uh, spend with you and just to hear your heart. And uh, I thank you for, you know, just enlightening me just a little bit on uh, maybe some approaches that I might have when I'm sharing the gospel as well. And I can't wait to d- dive into your book. Good, good. I can't so. wait to talk to you again in the future. Fergosa, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you guys yeah, having me on. Great to have you. Awesome. Well, folks, uh, make sure that you uh, check us out on any podcast platform. And uh, we are going to be out of here. We will see you guys next Monday night. Take care, guys. Listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org. Boom. Um.